0: Hey guys, thanks for being here. Welcome to another episode of Online Marketing Simplified. And my name is Brad Parnell. I am here with a very special guest um, who's going to share with us some, some really neat things. So Ben Albert is an amazing entrepreneur. Um, actually, when COVID hit, he was furloughed from work. I don't know if you guys have ever found yourself or found yourself in that position. Um, he found himself down and out, staring at an empty handle of uh, Jim Bean whiskey, he was unemployed, depressed, and felt unworthy. Um, he opened his MacBook hesitantly and started reaching out to strangers on LinkedIn. And this is really what kickstarted and spread his entrepreneurial journey. And the rest is now history. So, Ben hosts a network of five podcasts called Real Business Connections. He runs a massively successful marketing firm called Balbert Marketing and has replaced his established sales income in just over a year. So, Ben found his way. So, once an underdog, he's now a successful entrepreneur and is passionate about helping other underdogs find their way to achieve their dreams. So he's not only on a mission to actually move the needle, um, or he's on a mission to move the needle on one million lives, one conversation at a time. So Ben, welcome to the show.
1: Brad, I'm excited to be here, man. It's, I'm still in the mud figuring this stuff out. That bio is about a year old by now, um, and I'm still learning. Like that, That's really just where I got my start
0: yeah I love it, man. Well, I think all of us can resonate on several of those terms if we're if we're an entrepreneur, like you know we're always learning, always slugging it out in the in the ditches some days and on the mountaintop other days uh, but would would love to hear about your journey so so walk us through that process when you got furloughed I know it's been a couple of years now how did that how did that make you feel and what kind of changed in your mindset to go towards your entrepreneurial vision
1: yeah it's 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 funny because sometimes the greatest gifts kind of look like a piece of crap just with a bow on top and you don't realize it's a gift at the time. Yeah. Um, but going into being furloughed, I had switched companies. I, I basically had been traded like an asset from one company to the next. I was building out a brand new program that didn't exist at this current firm. And I was stressed, man. I'm not going to point fingers. I had life issues going on. I had drinking issues going on. And every Monday, I would take a half Xanax just to calm down and be ready for Monday meetings because honestly, I was miserable. If you were to ask me at the time, I would have told you everything was fine. Yeah. But I was going in the wrong direction and I didn't quite realize it. And then when COVID hit, that was kind of that gift. It was a piece of crap that somehow had a bow on top. I didn't quite realize it at the time. For me, I got let go because it was a new program. It wasn't fully established yet. I was new to this specific firm. First one in, first one out. And I didn't have a job, man. I didn't think I was going to be an entrepreneur. I had... um. I started in the marketing in the music world, right? So, when I was a high school kid, I was handing out flyers and setting up merch tables and MySpace pages and really poorly built uh, websites at the time. And, like, I loved marketing, but, like, I didn't really have an entrepreneurship background in marketing. I had a corporate background in marketing. So, when COVID hit, realistically, I was just trying to find a job. And I revamped my LinkedIn profile. I wrote this kind of sobby cover letter that I use as the profile and just started applying for jobs. And I mean, it was the start of a worldwide pandemic. Nothing was landing on a whim in August of 2020. I'm like, let's get an LLC. Worst case scenario, I can freelance. Let's start a podcast. Podcast, worst case scenario, I'll meet a couple people. And I started that LLC. I started that podcast, gained a little bit of momentum. We can talk about all that went on, but was able to bring in enough clients that I didn't have that anxiety as like I need a job today. And as the clients continue to come on, I was like, holy bleep! My full time job is is <laughs> an entrepreneur now, and, and and I didn't imagine it would go that way, but really was a blessing in disguise, and it wasn't pretty. Um, But I'm I'm blessed to be here today
0: and rocking and rolling. I love it. So those first clients that you got as those started piling up, how did you get I'm sure our listeners are thinking, too, if 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 you guys are entrepreneurs or you're thinking about starting an entrepreneur journey, that's like the, the hardest thing is probably transitioning from, you know, you're an excellent executioner. You know how to do the work, but you might not know how to get the clients. How did those first set of clients fall into your lap? It's funny. I'll
1: give you two answers. the The deeper answer is I I got a ten ninety nine job selling magazine advertising, um, so I had an online marketing background. But on the side, I was putting in some hours a week, you know, cold calling. People that I noticed were advertising in the newspaper or another magazine or on the Better Business Bureau, but not in the magazine that I worked for. So I was calling these businesses to sell magazine ads. And transparently, I don't know if my, you know, they were my employer, but I don't know if my employer would be happy about it. I didn't work for them. I was selling magazine ads, but a lot of people are like, we don't do magazine advertising. That's old school. But I'd noticed that they had a web concern or i'd notice that they weren't optimized with a google business profile so i'd call because of the magazine ad but when i did a little bit of discovery analysis i would notice that I had a different concern and then i would just pitch them my products if they weren't a good fit for the company i was working with products yeah
0: that's brilliant so you you led with doing your job right like bleeding with the main core product service and then if it was a a no or a pivot, you almost had that that down sell or plan B where you could introduce your products and services.
1: And it's still the case. Like you and I can talk offline. We both market. I know you know things I don't know. I like to, I didn't realize it at the time. This was like my first army, my first toolbox of what would be an army, is I like to build these relationships, have affiliate partnerships, have referral partnerships. So any conversation I have. Even if I can serve you, I know who can. So I still sell ads in that magazine, but then I also have my own services and I have podcast clients and the whole Shabam. Yeah. Um, but that was the first, the first time I kind of created an arrangement like that. Amazing.
0: Yeah, that's great. So you're a serial entrepreneur. So you're doing magazine ad sales and podcasts, and sounds like sounds like a lot. Let's, let's walk through, if, if someone's listening and maybe they're at that spot where you know, they're about to leave a job, they're starting out as an entrepreneur, uh, they're thinking about starting as an entrepreneur, um, you know, you've had kind of a neat year roadmap that you followed to get you um, success. What advice would you give to those individuals who are either just made the jump or thinking about making the jump and now they're like, crap, I don't know what to do next. I don't know, I don't know which way is up, which way is down. Where do I go?
1: Yeah, I mean, my the best advice is make sure you do have a safety net. Um, there are cases that people just quit their job with no money to their name, and they're sleeping on their friend's couch, and they set up a program, and they become millionaires. That does occur. That is the exception to their rule. I would probably try to make sure that I have a minimum three to six months of income saved, realizing that I'm not going to have a ton of momentum right off the bat. There's no guarantee that I'll have a ton momentum. I got lucky that I was getting cut stimulus checks because of the pandemic. That's not beyond me. Um, But don't put your family, your life, your happiness at risk because of something that you do have your whole life to accomplish. Start planning immediately. And my actual real advice, because everybody's going to be at different levels is don't try to do it alone so if you're launching you need to figure out the mentors in your industry that you can help that can help you You need to find different industry parallels people that might uh, work with similar clients but not competitors and find ways that you can do cross promotions highlight them bring them business so they bring it to you and realistically um, you just need to constantly be planning like who is the people that I can help and can help me. And this doesn't have to happen when you even have the business set up yet. So, to give you a really simple example, let's say you're like, holy crap, I don't have any money saved up. And I do wanna plan my attack before I attack it. Like, I don't wanna just dive in willy nilly. You can spend six months saving money during that six months. Do some sort of research paper, a blog a report, do a video series, start calling target um, partners or target clients, interview them get into their world, understand their needs, learn from them. You can turn these interviews into quotes. You can turn them into blog posts. You can start a podcast. There's a million things you can do, but you can start building the relationships before you ever launch. So if you're looking to launch something, the only way you're going to gain any momentum is relationships. And if you're not ready to launch On the side, when you're not working your nine to five, start creating those relationships by adding value. So when you do launch, you can actually have a launch team of people that were part of the process of creating whatever you're trying to create, and then you're going to kick some ass.
0: I love it. That's great. So I, I really enjoy what you say about, you know, start adding value first. And, you know, it's almost the idea of not necessarily building your wings on the way down, but not not make things don't have to be perfect before you just get out there and and start moving forward, which I think a lot of people, I don't know about you, but I meet a lot of people that get stuck in that mindset of like, well, it's not right yet. It's not perfect. Or I don't have all this stuff done yet. Um, And they're afraid to take that step. So you're saying it's okay just to start taking those steps, building relationships and leading with, with value first. What would be a good example if, if one of our listeners is thinking like, well, how can I start adding value if my, you know, I still have a, another job and things aren't perfect on my product or service how can i start you know making relationships and adding value how would they go about doing that
1: yeah when it when it comes to adding value there's a a term i love and i'm sure travis um, would agree i call it creation driven networking creation driven networking where content and relationships car like a car actually drive the purpose of your networking endeavors so even if you don't have like a full business you don't know quite know how you can add value in the best way possible but you want to network and get surrounded by the right people find something that you can create together so you and i are doing this already right now on a podcast We're networking. We don't know each other that well. I'm sure we'll talk a little more offline, um, but we're networking while we create content at the same time. Another example would be, let's say you were to be aligned with a charity. Maybe you want to be a leader beyond the board or do something to be in leadership to host a live event. Let's say you're not hosting the live event, but you're a graphic designer. Maybe you make graphics for the event. And then before you know it, you're on the sponsored list that people f- paid $5,000 to be on. Um, it doesn't matter what the skill is. It's it's who can I help and who can I add value for a mutually beneficial relationship. It could be as simple as following someone on social media and sharing their posts Tagging their post and adding your thoughts to it to kind of get in their orbit. But the question you need to ask yourself is how can I add value to the people that I want to be networked with, the, the orbits that I want to be get, getting into? How can I create content and relationships while I network? And at the end of the day, like all of us are busy. If someone reaches out and says, hey, Brad, you're really smart, I want to pick your brain. There are people out there that'll you know th- that will respond because they're nice, they have the time, mentors love a good mentee. But for me, like just the concept of having my brain picked kind of makes me nauseous. I don't know if I can ever get those brain cells back. And um, I spend time with people for free all the time, but my time is more valuable than a three dollar cup of coffee. So instead of asking someone, "Hey, can I pick your brain?" you say, Hey, I have this event I'm running. Will you speak at it? Hey, I have this podcast. Will you come on? Hey, I'm looking for people that can join the ambassador committee for this charity. Hey, I love what you're doing. Are you okay with me turning some of your quotes into graphics? Hey, I... Let's say you, it's a restaurant and you're a photographer. You can come in and say, hey, I, got, I know you guys are up and coming. I heard you're changing the menu. I'd love to come in and donate my time to take some of these photos for free with permission that I can use them in marketing materials and post them on my Instagram. So then you go into that up and coming restaurant. You take, a, you take a bunch of pictures for free. Maybe you do that in restaurant A and B. And then when you go to restaurant C, D, E, F, and G, you go, here's my portfolio, A and B enjoyed this because of this reason. I thought you'd be interested in an updated menu as well. Um, So it's really like, how can I add value and create a relationship where at the end of the day, my goal is to give more value than they provide, but how can we create a mutual level of value where everybody wins? And before you know it, that person that didn't want their brain picked is actually your mentor because they saw that you're up to a good thing. They loved your mission, vision, and values, and they want to support you. Lots of different examples there. It's kind of a choose your own adventure.
0: No, that's great. And if you guys didn't catch that, go back in and rewind and listen to Ben, some of his specific examples of how to add value, because that's the stuff that he is doing or has done that has worked. It's not philosophy. It's history of things that have worked. Um, and, and I, I vouch for that too. I always, this is something my business coach taught me, but the, the quality of your business is determined by the quality of your relationships. So if you want to grow, don't think about, you know, billboarding your products and services because that's the, that's the fast way to the bottom, <laughs> right? It's like, here's what I do and here's how much it costs. Um, ultimately you have to make money by solving a problem. But then I think what you're saying too, is when you focus on bringing value to people first and establishing those relationships that, the revenue and the opportunities come from planting those seeds of value and relationships first and not just having the mindset of, okay, who's got the money to buy my product and how do I go straight to that? Cause yeah, that's a, that's a short death. That's pretty painful. And you're going to wreck some relationships along the way. <laughs> oh,
1: you, you care if I get a little dark for just a quick moment, go for it. The most common thing when people pass away is regret, Regret that I didn't spend enough time with these people. Regret that I didn't have the relationships. I died lonely. I died sad. It's always regret, and it's usually that I didn't spend enough time with the people that I loved. So I think that relationships don't just lead to income. They're going to lead to more fulfillment, more happiness. And let's assume we could not have tomorrow. So don't we want to develop good relationships anyways? But let's assume that most of us have minimum 10, maximum 60, 70, 80 years, depending who's listening. This is a long game. If you and I still have 50 years left in us and we build a relationship, and both of us are entrepreneurial and building businesses, don't you think that both of us will gain massive success? So this isn't like a short-term play that I'm going to put up an ad, a billboard, which it works, but I'll put up an ad, I'll get a bunch of quick sales, there'll be a high churn rate, and then I'll have to do it again. The relationships not only will make you more fulfilled, it'll make you a tremendous amount of money in the long run. It's just hard to see because it's not right in front of you, Uh it's not right in front of you you really got to play the long game
0: yeah that's good and i think that's probably one of the one of the toughest things you know when you're when you're starting the entrepreneurial journey you don't really see that as the the path to success right it's like how do i make as much money as fast as possible but i think what you said which is a great plan is if you have that established foundation to get that the savings and that safety net you mentioned then that affords you the ability to do it the right way and establish relationships and add value without freaking out that I'm not going to be able to, to pay my rent or pay my car payment or have food or have my electricity on because because then it's impossible when you're in survival mode. You can't focus on building high-quality relationships. All you can focus on is where's my next dollar coming from, which does not build you a long-term, <laughs> sustainable business. <laughs> it
1: it's it's It can can add up and maximize really quick because it's like if you have the commission breath people aren't going to buy from you and you're not going to and it just feeds the evil and what sucks i experience this like it totally sucks like you're hungry you want to get it done you kind of have commission breath you're overly eager and then when you slow down and you zen out a little bit and you walk away from bad conversations and you don't cut you don't lower the value. You don't give discounts for no reason. When you're just strong, confident, zen, and could give two shits, then the clients start coming. But it's really hard to tell someone who doesn't have many clients to zen out and be detached from outcome. It's kind of like the chicken and the egg. But I do think it takes a lot of grind, a lot of connecting. The more hands you shake, the more money you make. But you'll find in the long run that the more you detach from outcome... The more you're patient and you qualify as much as they qualify you, the more they see you as a trusted professional that they want to part with their investment with because they know that you can bring them the results when everybody
0: else is just talking like a, a quick, fast, fun game. So Ben, I love that. Tell me, I, so I've never heard the term uh, "commission breath" before. I think I know what that means, and I'm I'm laughing on the inside. What What is commission breath? And did you come up with that term?
1: I definitely didn't come up with the term. I've heard it through a bunch of sales gurus out there. Um, no one's ever asked me to to define it. You know, there's a sense of neediness. And I'll go to an example that, you know, I'm removed from, but the listener might not be, but we've all been there at one point in our life. You're single, you're at a bar or an event, and usually it's the guys being creepy. It's very uncommon that it's the women, but some guy walks up, can I buy you a drink? You're really hot. And they're like aggressive and it makes you uncomfortable.
0: So, so Ben, you've, you've never had someone define uh, commission breath. So you were kind of giving the example of like the guy being aggressive at the bar. Um, I can kind of see how that relates to sales. Maybe so there's like a this hot opportunity or hot lead and the salesperson just coming on a little bit too strong, a little bit too aggressive and ends up just being a complete turnoff when they could essentially be the right fit or have the right solution. But because of that commission breath, they kind of just come on a little bit too fast, too strong.
1: They're, they're, they're sending out this vibe. What's in it for me? Like, I think you're attractive. I want
0: to take you home. These are the things I want.
1: I don't know who they are, why they're there. If they actually want a boyfriend, if they act, even if we're even compatible, you don't know any of those things yet. And since we're on the dating example, like the, the best person there is walking in, they say hi to the bouncer they say hi to the bartender, they start talking to the male next to them, they're not just stealing, staring at the girl across the room, and they create a confident aura that I'm here single, I'm at a bar, I wouldn't mind going home with somebody, but I'm here to have a good time. I like what I do, I'm passionate about what I do, I'm passionate about just life. And then they go up to the girl, they make a a compliment that's about her, like something she's wearing or something she's doing or ask an insightful question like why are you here then the conversation moves on in a positive way the exact same thing happens in sales someone comes you just said it they're aggressive they feel needy they're looking to pounce on an opportunity and they completely lose the opportunity before it ever existed because of the sore the the poor taste they leave in the person's mouth and it's not like the movies where you get 20 second chances if you piss off a prospect quickly they'll probably never work with your company for the history of your career and that's just an example of commission breath and it it happens in every social sociocultural situation If you come in aggressive, not value-driven and selfish, you're going to turn people off. And it's that simple.
0: Yeah, that's good. I I think we've all seen that. I think you explaining that, describing that was a good, I think we all get kind of some some mental images of what that looks and feels like and how that can translate to sales. Because we've all had those salespeople too come to us, right? Whether that's the phone or the front door or in a networking event or mixer, and um, you can see them from a mile away. And then what do you do next time you see them? you avoid them.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I already got your business card once. I I got it at home. Don't worry about
0: it. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. So I I love the theme of, you know, really putting other people first and the high quality relationships. It's kind of that theme of like the the book of winning friends and influencing others, right? It's just always figuring out what is the other person's problem that you can help solve. And it doesn't matter if it has a direct obvious benefit to you, because guess what? You help Ben, you figure out what is, what is Ben's problem he's trying to solve, what's a need that I can help fill? How can I add extreme value to him without yourself in mind? Guess guess what who Ben is going to think of first when you have a need? Or when he comes and says, "Hey, what do you what do you do by the way or what is it you're trying to do?" He's going to be that much more motivated to to help you. And guess what? That doesn't mean Ben might have that problem he needs solved, but he might know someone else that has that problem that needs to be solved. Um and I think, I think that's just something that, that I've seen too, just in the past 12 years of entrepreneurship. And I'm even mentoring people now in that same area of, you know, hey, even if you don't see a direct, same day, one on one, immediate value, building quality relationships, you never know who that person is going to come across or when they're going to have that need. They're going to be the first person that they think of. They're not going to go to Google and search you know, that product or service and hope they spun the wheel the right way. (laughs) They're going to call you or text you.
1: You truly never know. I've got, I could start name dropping. I'm not going to waste anyone's time, but I have really badass, like pretty much famous people in my network and they, again, I could add it to my marketing materials and try to like squeeze out as much as I can. But realistically, most of my clients come from average Joe's and Jill's. That I just met down the road or met in a networking event online and like what I'm doing and wanna work with me. Like, we have this thought of what the perfect connection looks like or the perfect client looks like. And they could really just be the millionaire next door or the person that's just getting started as well, but just exited a large sale and needs, has income. So they, they, they could be in business for six weeks but have insane amount of income, but you judge the fact that they haven't been in business for 20 years and just turn the other way. You really never know.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I love that. I think that's a, that's a a great message and something that's very easy to forget because everyone's chasing the almighty dollar. So it sounds like the plan, Ben, just to kind of recap of what you've said so far is, you know, get that base going, try to get some sort of savings or safety net. um, If you can, obviously if you're laid off and fired or just done, you know, maybe it's picking up some sort of stability, like driving for Uber or <laughs> doing something to yeah. have some sort of stability that gives you the freedom to build relationships and add value and do that first before you just start putting up billboards for your, your product and service, like establish healthy relationships first.
1: I like that you mentioned the Uber thing because like there's so many things you can do. If you own a home, realistically, you could rent a room in your house airbnb i actually i have a friend that um she'll literally stay with family members for a month at a time and rent her house out because she knows she has her family there and by renting that house for that entire month she actually has a lot of income that comes in through it so let's say you've got a beautiful getaway in the mountains. Maybe you don't live there 24 seven. Maybe you rent that crap out. Um, so I, I think it's funny that you mentioned um, Uber because there's never been more opportunities to get creative than today.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, I've, I've, if you guys have ever, I'm sure everyone here listening has done an Uber, but you meet some of the most interesting people too. I mean, that's, that's yeah. a great way too to build relationships. Um I was actually the passenger in an Uber car and got a lead just from talking to the guy and asking him, Hey, what are, what are you doing? What problems are you solving? Mm-hmm. Right. And just, just that's a good practice too. So you might actually be able to earn money and build relationships as an Uber driver, practice your, <laughs> your conversation skills. Um, Sorry, right, you're, you're sparking my creativity. You're like giving me
1: memories I didn't even remember I had. So like four months ago, I was, I was at a grocery, I won't give you all the details, but I'm at a grocery kind of store and this guy walks up to me and he had just started a barber shop and he noticed I had literally got in my haircut like 16 hours prior and he noticed the cut complimented it, but noticed a small kind of issue in the way he did the back of the head, something that I don't see personally at all. And he just mentioned it. He's like, you know, if I had done this, I would have done this. It's a common issue, you know, but he didn't like fade into the skin the proper way. It kind of looks like he rushed it. I didn't even know what he was talking about. But he gave me that barbershop card and it was a store that was five miles away from the barbershop. So it's a local handing a local to a card. And he honestly gave me like a needs analysis. Like this is what they're doing wrong. This is how I'll do it differently. And yeah. you mentioned the Uber thing. Again, this is just me kind of, in, I've never done it. This is like some circus thinking. But if you're a barber with a barber shop, why wouldn't you Uber drive and just like micro analyze haircuts the entire time? <laughs> why wouldn't you? I love that. Yeah. So it's
0: That's because it's everyone's
1: smart. like, everyone's like, I was just in an Uber with this guy one day and suddenly he gave me 30% off next haircut. I wanted to give him a shot. And then once they walk in, if you're marketing right and creating a good customer experience,
0: yeah. then
1: once you get them in the door, you can bring them
0: in as a client. Mm, yep. You've, I mean, you've got a captive audience for what? 10, 15, 20, 25 minutes? <laughs>
1: <laughs> in
0: worst case scenario, they just tell you to shut up and then you just move on. That's right. Yeah. I didn't mean to offend your haircut. I'm just telling you what I would do to make it better. (laughs) Exactly. No, that's good. That's really smart. And I think, I think that's a neat approach too, because that shows the conviction and the passion that that barber had, right? Like he could have kept it to himself, but he cared so much about his craft and he felt compelled to tell you how he thinks he could make that better. Like that's a very uncomfortable situation because he didn't know the reaction that you would have. Um, if you would take offense to that, or if you'd say, man, thank you. Thank you for telling me that I, I I might come and try you. Like it could have gotten a completely different reaction, but I think, I think that goes to show too, just the boldness. I mean, as we're speaking to people stepping out into entrepreneurship, we're just taking those first steps and it's okay to be rejected because you will get a lot of rejection um, in your entrepreneurial life. So taking those kind of bold, uncomfortable steps and showing how you would do things different or better um, to help people's, lives but if it's too soft and too safe it's you're probably not going to get as much traction as the the barber in the grocery store <laughs> That's says how he would do it yeah uh, a little bit different well, soft and safe is oh great
1: haircut brad looks great i'm a barber i appreciate a good cut let me know if you ever need a good cut to yeah. actually be like i noticed an issue yeah maybe you don't say it that way but you're like dude i love your cut how do you feel about it and yeah. they might be like ah to be honest like i feel like they aren't delivering like i tell them one thing and i get another and i know people like it but it's not what i want before you know it it's you're you're back to that needs analysis you're actually having a dialogue about wants needs and emotions and hopefully as a professional you can solve those issues and if not maybe you know someone who can
0: yeah yeah i love that Man, that is some I never thought we'd go here, man. This is
1: the, the barber thing literally just happened. I didn't even remember it happened until now.
0: Yeah, that's that's such a cool story, though. I mean, I think those are the things that are you know far and few between, but that actually work and generate. I mean, we have to think. You know, when you're talking about marketing and communication, it's all about disrupting the pattern and disrupting the flow. Um, and everyone gets tired of seeing the same things, hearing the same things all the time. So that's a really uncommon disruption that kind of stops you in your tracks and creates that conversation, which is really cool. Awesome. Well, Ben um, wrapping up, let's say if, if you were to have coffee or do one-on-one with kind of a, say a, one of our listeners, that's a new entrepreneur or thinking about it, and you were to give them one piece of advice, I know you've given a ton of stuff, but if you were to kind of say, you know, here's one thing I really want you to consider or give them kind of a, a challenge, what do you think that would be? Oh, see the, the,
1: Choosing one's the difficult part. But you mentioned a challenge. This is a really simple challenge. It's changed my life. I've actually cheated on this. I'm literally do as I say, not as I do, because I've cheated on this challenge in the past couple weeks. And I've noticed, like, I've noticed, like, I I don't even feel as good. So do this, because I did it for two years straight. And again, I, like, had a bad week. I went camping to say that I stopped doing it. And I immediately see, like, the negatives of not doing this kind of thing. So you just pick up your phone and you scroll to your favorite messaging app. It really depends on what your purpose is. If you want to do it for business, maybe you go to your email. If you want to do it for friendships, maybe you go to your Facebook or your Instagram. Or you just scroll down to the bottom of the messages. The more you scroll, the more you're going to see people that you know, love and respect, but haven't talked to in a while. So you scroll at the bottom. As far down as, honestly, I think farther down is better. You figure out what they're up to. So let's say you're on Facebook. You go to their profile. You notice that they just had a kid or they just got engaged or they just moved. You send them a quick message. Brad, I'm sorry. I've been like AWOL. Congratulations on the engagement. And You just send one of those messages every single day. Imagine how your year would look differently. Imagine all that tiny bits of a 45-second exercise to find someone and just love on them with a one-sentence comment. Imagine the good, the ripples of good you're putting out in the world and how it could possibly lead back to fulfilling your life. Worst case scenario, you made someone smile. And then when you look at it from a business standpoint and maybe you have a prospect list, You just follow up with someone who didn't buy from you one time a day. And honestly, I think more aggressive than that's good in most scenarios. But if you ever feel like you hit a wall, just scroll to the bottom and reach out to someone that kind of went ghost and just ask them what's new. Ask them what's up. Send them a meme. Send them an article. Add value into their life. And again, if you do that one time a day and do as I say, not as I do, because I literally feel miserable for not doing it much in the past two weeks. I used to do it every single day. Mm. Literally, like my own happiness gets
0: higher and then I get to help people while I do it. So everybody wins. I love it, man. That is good. So scroll through your phone, the further, the better, and just reach out to that person. Do a little bit of like research, maybe dig and see what's new in their life. Message them. 45 seconds over a year life change.
1: And if you that. add a, if you add a call to action, like do you want to grab a coffee or something like that? You'll fill your calendar in like send 50 of those and you'll
0: fill your calendar for the week. Almost guaranteed. Yeah. Unreal, man. That is good. I love that. I was not expecting that. That is really good. Um, well, Ben, tell us, um, tell the listeners here how they can follow you. What, you have a lot of podcasts. What's the best way that they can kind of keep up with what you're doing and connect with you on a on another level?
1: Well, let's let's first keep it real. They would probably it's possible someone came here because of something I posted. I hope that's the case. Most of these people are your listeners, so if they haven't hit subscribe, five stars, if they haven't showed you some love yet. I want you to start there because conversations like this isn't possible without bread. Um, I've got a podcast and a website if you just Google real business connections or type in real business connections anywhere you found this in your podcast player, you'll find me but the barrier to
0: entry is hit five stars for Brad first and then reach out to me and let me know you did. I love it. Thank you, Ben. I appreciate that. Well, guys, I hope you got some amazing value out of this. If you know someone, too, that is thinking about entrepreneurship or taking their first step or you think can get extreme value from the stuff that that Ben Albert is teaching us here, make sure you share this. Like That can be a great way, too, to create those relationships, not just this podcast, but any podcast. If you're listening to something and you're like, man, there's so much good value here. I need to share this with someone else that's giving them a gift and helping them unlock what can help them get to the next level. So that's how you can start to add value. All right. So guys, thanks so much for for joining. Again, if you have someone that can um, get value from this with Ben, make sure you share this podcast. Uh, Ben, thank you so much for, for adding value to us and to my listeners and being a part of the show. I really appreciate you.
1: Excited to be here, Brad. Thank you.
0: Awesome. Well, guys, this has been um, Online Marketing Simplified with Brad Parnell with special guest Ben Albert, and we'll catch you on the next one. Thanks, everyone.